Hey, welcome to the Medicubes podcast, where we bring you all that's good, exciting, and sometimes challenging in primary healthcare. I'm Chris Spee, joined by my good friends, Kim Pointer and Rivka Hagen. Together, we bring a wealth of experience and passion, as well as being in the thick of what's going on in our industry. We used to have a laugh, debrief and chat about all the big issues and what was happening in our own professional worlds, and invite you to join us in this conversation. So join us and our invited guests every month to bring you a lighthearted take on the latest, greatest, and controversial issues and a few pearls of wisdom along the way. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we meet and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. A hearty welcome from Virapai country. And uh, Rivka Hagen here. I'm meeting you from Jajawurrung country. And a big hello from Turbul and Jagara country. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Medicubes. We're so excited to have you listening along. Our special guest today is Albert Naffa from Commonwealth Bank Health, or ComBank Health as it should be called. Albert has been the CEO of ComBank Health, leading CBA's engagement with the Australian healthcare and seniors living industry since August 2021. Previously, Albert was the general manager of payments and the data economy for CBA. That sounds a pretty impressive title there, Albert where he led the deployment of a number of exciting initiatives like Apple Pay and the new payments platform and open banking. Oh, you're giving me a mouthful to give there. I'm very excited for Apple Pay. I think it's the number one thing that saved me uh, many a moment in my life of not having a wallet on me. Before that, Albert had the chance to live in Auckland and New York, so a bit of a globetrotter, and now lives in Sydney with his three teenage boys and enjoys golf, running, and heated political arguments. Oh, maybe we should have had you on post-budget. So today we're joined by Albert and our wonderful other co-hosts, Rivka and Kim. Welcome, Albert. Hey, Chris. Great to be with you. Thank you for joining us. And Riv, how are you this week? Probably a little tired. I've been globetrotting, well, not quite globetrotting, but certainly city-trotting for a little bit. So home for a couple of nights and then off again. So yeah, keeping very busy, but you know, the weather's cooling down and autumn's really sort of cranking up and the cold is setting in. So kind of a chocolate time, isn't it, these days? It is. It is. And Kim, where are you? You're in Canberra. So I'm guessing extra, extra cold there. Yeah, absolutely. And similar to what Rivka was saying, we've got the beautiful autumn leaves dropping and it certainly was a very cold weekend. So yeah, I'm looking forward to flying out to Brisbane this week. My neck of the wood. It's lovely and brizzy at the moment. It's uh, not paved to be a tourism ambassador for Queensland. Hey, Albert, as I said, we're really excited to have you along for the episode and we always love to start with a bit of a fun fact. So enlighten us with your fun fact. Oh, geez. I, I always find these things really, really challenging. Like, how do you come up with something that's interesting and, you know, sort of, but... Uh, no pressure. No pressure <laughs> at all. Uh, well, it's my fun fact. Look, actually, I'm going to give you a fun fact that hasn't happened yet, but something that's really got me quite excited. I'm heading up to Arnhem Land in August. Sort of as part of my job, I'm lucky enough to be doing some work with the Aboriginal Medical Service and we've got a big focus on Indigenous health. And so I'm going up to Gama, which is the big festival up there in August. So that is something that I cannot wait for. I'm a little bit jealous right now. So that is amazing. Well, we're really excited to have Albert on today because we've been hearing a lot about ComBank Health and what it is and what it means for us all. So we thought, go to the top, go to the CEO to get the answers from the very top. No one in the middle, straight to the top. And I think probably for our listeners, Albert, the question they're sort of wondering is, what is ComBank Health? Where did it come from? Why did it get set up? And what does it mean? 
Well, ComBank Health is the team in the Commonwealth Bank that is focused exclusively on supporting our healthcare clients. Uh, and it covers you know, the broad array of healthcare. So primary care, allied care, pharmacy, aged care and seniors living. And then the various stakeholders in that space, the Commonwealth government and state government agencies that play in that space. It's a vertical. It brings together our product offerings together with how we service the industry. So our bankers. And like, why are we doing this? So we, we've been servicing the healthcare industry for a long time, for decades, for the hundred or so years that we've been around as a bank in Australia. But we established ComBank Health in August of 21, so just over 18 months ago. And we haven't done this with any other industry, by the way, because of a number of reasons, right? It's obviously a very large part of the economy. It's now 12 or 13% of the economy and the fastest growing part of the economy. And it's an area that we felt needed a bit more focus to help navigate the challenges that the industry is facing. And I'm sure we'll talk about them through the course of today. And we thought we've got some things that we can bring to the industry, unique things that we can bring to the industry, help navigate some of these challenges. You know, our expertise in digital solutions, uh, our understanding of other industries and how they've solved some of these problems. And if we can connect all those great pieces that we already have in other parts of the bank in one seamless journey for our healthcare clients and we think we can help improve their lives by one little bit, well, then that'll deliver some significant benefits to their patients and to the broader economy. So here we are. Great. Well, I heard a lot of passion there, particularly around you describing health and your interest in this space is just coming really shining through, particularly about your trip up into Arnhem Land and the like. It's just interesting for me because obviously this is the first time we've met. How have you gone from general manager of payment and data economy into health? Tell us about that. Yeah, well, that's a good question. The question I get asked all the time, Kim. So look, when I was in payments, I was working with my colleagues in the bank who were looking after healthcare to help solve one of the chewiest problems in healthcare. And that is how can we help uh, medical businesses, healthcare businesses get paid more efficiently? Now, as you probably know, where you've been in the space, if you're a GP or a physio, the way you get paid, how long it is, it is for you to get paid, the process you've got to go through can vary depending on the patient that walks in through your door. It could be Medicare, or it could be any one of the state-based workers' compensation or accident commissions. It could be private health insurance. It could be out-of-pocket. And that complexity of managing those different ways of being paid has traditionally sat with the practice owner, the practice manager, the provider themselves. So our belief, our hypothesis was if we can help solve that problem, which is sort of one of the biggest problems in the space, then it buys us some credits with the medical business owner to then talk to them about everything else, their lending needs, their private banking needs. And so that's where we started. And that was something I was personally tasked with leading payments in the bank. And then when we started thinking more broadly, as we started solving for that through with smart health, which we'll talk about a bit later on, I'm sure we thought, okay, what's the best way to bring smart health? to our customers? Is it a standalone product or is it part of a fuller, broader value proposition that takes into account all the needs of our healthcare clients? And obviously the answer was the latter. And so we formulated that strategy. And then I was like, well, you've come up with the thinking and the strategy, go and execute it. And I think that passion that you heard in my voice, which obviously was heard by others, and it's an industry that really appeals to me because of the purpose of that industry. Often in banking, we dismiss what we do because it's not saving lives. And that can be true, but obviously people in the healthcare industry are saving lives. And if we can help free up more of their time to do that, and less time doing the admin and the banking, then we're helping save lives. 
Uh, and so hence that passion and that connection, which is I found very easy to then recruit others into this space when we can make that connection to you know, helping deliver better health outcomes to Australians. And so in terms of your role as the CEO, what's that before that? How did you make that journey, I guess, to the top of the tree? We are just so curious to hear of those leadership journeys as well. My career journey has others and I've been lucky enough to be at the right time and the right place. You know, I joined the bank about 10 years ago in New York. As I mentioned, I think Chris read out in my, my bio, I, I spent some time I gracefully read out at the start there, tripping <laughs> over my own words during the bio, but I was too excited for Auckland and New York. <laughs> yeah, so I joined the bank in New York of all places, and there I was lucky enough to also sort of been given a, a little chunky problem to solve. The business had sort of been treading water for a while after the financial crisis, and we knew we needed to have a presence in New York because a lot of our global customers needed some support over there, but we weren't really sure what our role should be and how we would scale, how we address some of the challenges. And so was lucky enough to be given that problem, work with some really good people to do that. And when I was ready to come back to Australia, I landed back in my sort of my original area of expertise, which is payments. And uh, as Chris read out, I was given some really interesting challenges, rolling out new capability, right? Whether it be Apple Pay, real-time payments with the new payments platform, working with the broader bank around open banking, which is a large national sort of infrastructure program. And I demonstrated through those opportunities that I could work in spaces that are ambiguous or that might be big, hairy problems needing to be solved. And despite my lack of extensive experience in the healthcare space, I was lucky enough to have a leader who said, well, bring the right capabilities and mindset, you can learn about healthcare. Those other things are harder to teach. And he took a punt with me and here I am. And it's been, without doubt, my most favorite job ever for the reasons sort of I've articulated before. And I get to work with amazing people like Chris as well, who bring you know, his passion to the job daily and many others like Chris and connect into large problems. Yeah, we've been recently been lucky enough to be awarded a large project by the Commonwealth Government to help build a new claiming platform for the NDIS. What an amazing opportunity we've been given there to help improve the lives of some of the most vulnerable people in our country and help make the NDIS more sustainable into the future. We all know the challenges they're facing. So, you know, these are pretty rare opportunities not many people get, certainly not many people with a banking background. Like you can see why I'm both passionate and delighted to be here. It's really interesting because what I'm hearing too in your description of your journey is that there are so many parallels to what we see happening in healthcare leadership as well in terms of the opportunities that arise working in, I guess, fluid environments where, you know, the directives are not always all that clear. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you're talking about Medicare, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's wonderful to hear that no matter where the industry is based, those opportunities arrive at different times. So that's really helpful. So, Albert, can you tell us a little bit too about what particularly makes ComBank Health different to other banking products too? I think there's a few things actually. Firstly, the Commonwealth Bank is Australia's largest bank. We're a full service organisation and the opportunity to bring all of those offerings together for our clients and really simplify their lives rather than them needing to get their payment solution from one provider, their lending from another provider, their private banking from another provider. We can bring the, all of that to them and have one relationship and really save them a lot of time and remove the admin. So that's one 
key differentiator. The other, which I sort of touched on earlier, is we are digital first. We don't have a legacy of old products. We haven't developed things like high caps many years ago. We've got we've built solutions in the last couple of years on modern technology that integrate into modern platforms. And I think thirdly, inherent in our strategy is our belief in partnerships. Again, in order to simplify the lives of our customers, what we're trying to do is bring together all the things that are important to them, at least from a financial services perspective into one place, which is why we've got a great partnership with Chris at Cubico, where we're serving up practice and patient insights into our smart health payments and claims offering. So everything's there with a single sign-on in the one place rather than practice managers and clinicians having to toggle between different platforms. And so we can embed all those things that are important for a practice manager, for a receptionist, for a clinician in one digital platform, which is what we know practice managers are wanting as well to attract the best talent into their practices. As you all know, the younger talent are digital natives. They see this as core to them doing their job as well. There hasn't been widespread adoption of digital solutions by medical practices around the country. And if we can help accelerate that and help medical businesses achieve that objective, we think we can help them become more attractive employers and obviously then deliver better outcomes for all their stakeholders as well. Great. So we've hit some of the key components of um, Combank Health. I'm just really curious. Now, you've mentioned Smart Health a couple of times now. Can you tell me what Smart Health is? Sure. Now, Smart Health is our search book paying claim value proposition, right? Um, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? So at, at its heart, it's a payments and claims platform, but we've integrated into it more than just payments and claims. I mentioned the analytics through Cubico, which will become available soon. But a couple of years ago, which is actually what started my journey in this space, we bought a business called White Coat, which started life as a healthcare directory, the largest healthcare directory in the country. And so we've integrated that into the offering and we have both an in-app execution as well as a terminal execution. So our vision really was to develop and scale the Uber of healthcare in Australia, which starts with a search. You either want to book an appointment with your doctor or your dentist, and so you look them up to make that booking, or you don't have a provider, and so you can search for one in your local area, you make the booking, and then the payment and claim can happen in the background seamlessly or as seamlessly as possible, ideally over time in a mobile execution, in a trusted app, whether that be an app that is offered by your private health insurer or by your provider group or by the Commonwealth government. That's what smart health is. You know, we've got now close to a thousand providers across the country on the platform and growing really, really quickly and bringing more payers into the ecosystem through the app execution. Albert, I really found it interesting that you mentioned earlier that digital first principle. And I think sometimes we're so bogged down in our practices with the way we've done things for 10 years, with the way it's always been. Why now? What's sort of the shift you think? What's sort of the catalyst for this change and the way patients are thinking, the way society is thinking to be digital first? Because sometimes when I think digital first, I just think, oh, is that going to be more work? Or why are we doing this? But why now? What is it that our patients expect that we need to be aware of? Yeah, it's a good question. I think there are a number of drivers, particularly now. So for a number of years, they've been the consumer side drivers, right? So as I mentioned earlier, consumers are now very comfortable using digital solutions. In fact, they demand them in other walks of life, whether it be booking their taxi or having food delivered to their home or their shopping, you know, whatever it is. So they've proven, patients who are consumers as well, that mm. they love seamless, slick digital solutions when they're made available to them. They will take them up. 
yeah, why now in healthcare? Well, we're seeing the pressures that healthcare businesses are facing, and they're probably more acute than ever before, and probably more acute in healthcare than in many mm. other industries. Workforce challenges, right? Trying to get more talent into your clinic is harder than ever before. The cost of both individuals and just running a business. And we know that digital solutions, when executed well, create efficiencies. Not just do they provide a more delightful experience for all users, but they allow you to capture efficiencies, not just getting rid of paper, but speeding up an interaction, especially that non-value-add part of the interaction, right? Perhaps some of the information Mm. exchange interactions. So we think there is a burning platform right now with some of those challenges that medical businesses across all modalities are facing. And there is definitely strong demand from consumers that they've demonstrated through other walks of life. Bring those two things together, we think there's no better time than now. Fantastic. So, Albert, I know that with all of that data that you now have access to, that you've been able to synthesise that into some very meaningful reporting, especially for primary care. Can you share some of the highlights of that particular report and also where practices who may not have seen that information, where they can obtain a copy of that report? We've been issuing the GP Insights report now since 2018. We issued the most recent version, the 2023 version, uh, only a couple of months ago. We spoke to more than 200 sort of medical businesses, decision makers in medical businesses, and more than a thousand patients. So it's quite a, a rich sample there on both sides of the ecosystem, and it was across both all the capital cities and regional Australia. So I think it gives us a pretty representative view of what people are thinking is most important to them in the healthcare space. So it validated what we're hearing, right? Healthcare is certainly under pressure. There's a huge backlog of demand. Lots of doctors are saying they're seeing higher demand than in 20, almost half. They said they're seeing much higher patient numbers than in 2022. And the same number again are saying they're expecting that to grow again next year. And in fact, many doctors are saying their book's are closed. They're not able to take on any more patients. And that's been reflected on the patient side. We're saying they're finding it harder than before and having to wait longer to see a GP. Now, on the upside, though, we're seeing greater adoption of digital solutions along the lines of what we've been talking about. And uh, in fact, patients themselves have said if a digital booking solution, for example, was offered, they're more likely to use that practice than one that doesn't offer that because it creates convenience and gives them certainty as well as to when they're going to be able to see a doctor or another health provider. And they're saying that you know, in-app solutions are becoming the preferred method, although many of them are still using SMS or calling when they don't have the opportunity to do otherwise. And then I think one of the other really key themes is more and more practice owners are thinking about workforce and workplace strategies and how they make their practices much more attractive to all staff, not just to clinicians, but to receptionists and the non-clinical staff that are working out of their practice. They know they need to create much more delightful work environments and they're investing in fit outs that are not just the interests of their patients in mind, but the interests of people working in that practice as well. The adoption of technology, the adoption of other strategies around capability uplift and culture build as well. So again, the vast majority of practice owners and practice managers that we spoke to say this is top of mind as strategies in how they're going to attract more talent or and retain talent in such a challenging environment, as well as, of course, the adoption of technology. Again, they see twofold benefit of technology. One is because their patients are demanding it and they see efficiency gains, but as well, 
their doctors more attracted to a practice that is using technology in both the admin and the delivery of clinical services as well. That's a great segue into talking about your partnership with AAPM, and I'd love to know what sits behind that. Well, you know, as you probably know, the bulk of decision makers in medical practices, I'm not sure if our doctors want to necessarily hear this, are the practice managers. <laughs> well, tone of silence, everyone. If you're a doctor, turn it down for 10 seconds and then we'll turn back up. Yeah. We know the practice managers are incredibly influential in the running of a practice and making decisions. Uh, so one, we wanted to get closer to them, to hear more from them on what's important and that what we should be prioritizing in our own thinking and product development insights and all those sorts of things. And on the flip side, we wanted to get closer to them so they can hear our message and we can be more effective in our objectives of growing our business in medical services. So AAPM, obviously, have got a great network across the country. They're highly trusted. And so we did announce a, a multi-year partnership with them only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and that was off the back of working with them over the last 12 months or so. We've been lucky enough to present at their conferences and attend. And we saw how well attended those forums are and, again, how engaged their members are. And so we're, we're delighted to formally seal that partnership over the last few weeks. And we look forward to working with a number of initiatives, both around developing deeper insights. We're working with them as well to extend our Masterclass series, which is a series that we launched, which Chris is a partner of ours and that we launched last year where we're bringing everything non-clinical to the training programs of practice owners, the financial side, the operational side, the analytics side, the HR and accounting. And it's been very, very well received by practice owners as really augmenting their skills in helping to successfully run a business and grow a business. And these are not things taught at medical school, uh, but things that are incredibly important for the success of a medical practice, especially in challenging times like today. And I think we've had lots of practice managers come along for those days too, just to learn about that. I know so many practice managers are now also practice owners. It's really amazing to see that sort of as a growing part of our industry, the number of practice managers that are also practice owners and, and growing those businesses as an owner, which is really exciting. Amazing. Thanks so much, Albert. I think one of the things I love is that comment you made earlier on that health is the only vertical, I think you said in the bank, that has this alignment. And I just think that shows that what we have all known for a long time, that health is unique. And because we're dealing with things that don't always follow the conventional rules of business or the ways of doing things, having that vertical that understands what's happening is really, really important. Riv, what about you? Yeah, thanks. Look, for me, I guess the key takeaway is the reinforcement that data-driven quality improvement is at the centre of our practices, isn't it? That we need to really tap into the technological capabilities and the new innovations that are coming along that just provide so much richness to the data around our practices because it just all flies so fast. It is so incredibly difficult to make sense of it all without some sort of consistency around how we capture that how we interpret it, and then what do we do as a result of that? So it seems to me that ComBank Health is really instrumental in filling in those gaps and certainly where Cubico plays a part too, that we've got the pieces of the puzzle coming together to just make life easier for practice managers. You'd be um, crazy not to tap into and find out more information about these innovative products and services that are available. Very cool. And Kim, how are you thinking? Yeah, I'm just thinking that we are just moving in leaps and bounds as a society and it's an exciting time and that's why I tapped into your passion in terms of we've got the budget being announced, you know, it's 
imminently and there's going to be all sorts of changes coming and I really look forward to seeing what happens in primary care in the in the coming years. Yeah, Albert, any final thoughts from you? No, no, thank you so much for the opportunity. And Kim, I do agree. I think it's a very exciting time. I think we've got a government that elected on promises deeply connected to the healthcare system. And so I'm looking forward to announcements over the course of the next few weeks through the budget and over the next few years and the role that we can all play in helping to deliver on some of those initiatives. So thanks for the opportunity to talk to you all today. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Medicubes podcast. Make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcast listening app so you don't miss an episode. Medicubes is brought to you by Cubico, MediCoach and Medical Business Services with technical support from the awesome crew at Talking Health Tech. This podcast presents information of a general nature and we recommend that you obtain professional advice for your individual circumstances always. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions and suggestions for future topics on the show. Make sure you visit us via the Minicubes website, which you can access via the show notes of this episode. Also, if you're enjoying the show, write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with someone who might get some value from it so we can continue to share these important messages with more people. Speak to you next time.